Welcome to the Moonlight of Emuna, Parshas Nayach. This week's learning should be as Chus for Fush Lamb for Chana Mashmas Vilcharatz, Bas Rachel Shmuel Shazam, Bichav Chav, Menachmor Chav, and Ophira Chai, Bas Tova, Frayim Ben Yafa, Michaim Ben Sara, Chama Per Malkaleah, Bas Chana Saral, and Lilishmas Heni Bas Chil Mechel. So we start with the Parsha, the Parsha of Nayach, the story of Nayach, the destruction of the world, and the Parsha opens up. Ela told us Nayach. These are the these are the offspring of Nayach. Nayach Ish Tzadik. Nayach was a righteous man. Tamim Hayyeb Deiraisav. He was he was perfect in his generation. Eselik. Walked with Hashem, walked with God. And Rashi makes a comment that most of you are familiar with on the word Bederosav in his generations. Rashi says, There are some of our Rabbanim who, treat, who said this as a, as a praise of Nayach, that he was a tzaddik, ish tzaddik, tam in his generation. That if he would have lived in a generation of tzaddikim, he would have even been a bigger tzaddik. There are some that, uh, that explain this, explain this Pasuk as a, as a, Negative about Nayach Lefidera Hayatzadik compared to his generation. His generation was filled with Rishon, with evil people. Uh, he was a tzadik. If he would have lived in Avram's generation, he wouldn't be considered anything. And uh, we've talked about this in past years. That th- this Rashi seems to be a little bit disturbing. Like the Torah says, the pasuk says that Nayach ish tzadik. Nayach was a tzadik. We know the song. Everybody sings the song. Nayach was a big tzadik. It doesn't say that Nayach was not a big tzadik. He was a big tzadik. So why would Rashi choose to tell us about? The Gnai, and we've had we've offered explanations uh, before, but there's also something in the in the pasuk itself that already is brought down in a medrash a question on this, which is why do you have to say the word Nayach twice? Ela told us Nayach. These are the generations of Nayach. You could have just said Ish Tzadik. Why do you have to say Ela told us Nayach? Nayach Ish Tzadik. Why the double lashon of of the word Nayach? So, so th- those are the two questions we'll start with. Why two Nayachs? And second, why why does Rashi choose to tell us something negative when the Pusik seems to be positive? And also, even, anytime you have the ability to interpret something positively or negatively, why wouldn't we go to the positive? Okay. But to address these two questions, we have to ask a couple of other questions. If you look ahead, in two psukim, three psukim ahead in Pesach Yudbeis, it says, Vayar Lekimis Aretz, Hashem saw the earth, Vihine Nishchasa, and it became corrupt. Kihishchis called Basar, for all flesh was corrupted as Darka El Aretz, its ways upon the earth. And Rashi says, Kihishchis called Basar, that all flesh corrupted its way. Afilu Niskokin and Minan. That even Behemah's uh, animals, domesticated animals, Chayah's uh, wild animals, and Oif and birds were attached themselves to things that were not from their species. In other words, there was a there was a there was cross cross mating amongst all types of animals, which is really against their against their nature. And the question is, how did that happen? Uh, we know that animals do not have free will, right? So. So, so how did the animals choose? All of a sudden, they chose to to mate with other animals, with non not from their own species. So the way this is often explained is that the the conduct of the human beings, because the human beings were so corrupt, it affected the animals. It permeated the world. But the question is there is what we have to understand: what exactly did, did the human beings do that affected the affected the animal kingdom? And then in the next pasuk it says, Hashem says to Nech, the end of all of all flesh has come before me. Because the earth is filled with robbery through them. And I'm going to destroy the earth. And Rashi says on this, the, the world is filled with robbery. The, 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 the ultimate uh, uh, the ultimate judgment to destroy the world came because of robbery not because of all the other crimes we know that these were not we, these were terrible people there are midrashim that told us about all types of averis that they did and yet rashi says that it was stealing that was ultimately what caused them to be destroyed
Why, why is robbery the, like the straw that broke the camel's back? There was all kinds of immorality and all kinds of other things that were going on that seemed to be much worse than just stealing. Um, so we have to understand that why this caused the ultimate gzar din, the ultimate uh, proclamation that Hashem says he's going to destroy the world. And also, Rashi, if you go a few psukim ahead, when 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 Hashem tells Noach, I'm going to bring the mabel. Rashi says, mabel, it's going to mix up everything. It's going to Confuse everything and mix it up. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to put things above, down below. And the question is, why, why this specific uh, punishment? We know that Hashem. Hashem uh, punishes always mida kenegan mida, measure for measure. So wh- what does the, the uh, Avera of gzela, of robbery, have to do with a mabel? Why does that bring on a mabel, right? Rashi's telling us that the, 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 the destruction came about because of gezel, and it came about through a mabel. So why something that confuses everything is payback for robbery? Okay. So I saw from Ephraim Tversky in his Sefer Surrey Alafim, he says as follows, to answer all of these questions. He says that we know in Parshas Vayishlach, there's a story uh, based on the Pasuk Perak, Lamed Bey's Pasuk Chafhei, Vayivosar Yaakov Levadoi, Yaakov remained alone, Vayavik Ishimai, and he struggled with the man, Adalai Sashachar, until the, until the morning. And Chazal in the, in the Medrash tell us that the, the Ish, who was this Ish that Yaakov was struggling with? It was the minister of Esav, it was the ministering angel of Esav. It, uh, it was Esau's angel that fought with Yaakov. And it seems that the reason why Yaakov was open to being attacked by this minister of Esau was because he stayed alone. Because Yaakov was alone, there was an opening for Esau's minister to, uh, to attack. Okay, now in the Gemara Chulin, the Gemara Chulin tells us that why was Yaakov there? Why was Yaakov alone? That that he had this, uh, that the minister of Esau had the ability to 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 uh, to attack him was because he went back for small jars, small containers. And the Gemara explains why did he go back for them? Because Sadiqim are very careful to keep their hands away from Gazel. So therefore, he realized that he left these jars behind. He went back for that. And the question is, what do you mean? Did not only Sadiqim keep it away from away from Gazel? People who steal are evil. If a person doesn't steal, that doesn't make him a tzaddik. So the Gemara over there says, Tzaddikim ain't pushed in Yedem Begezel. Tzaddikim are careful with Gezel. Right? Everybody, everybody's careful with Gezel. Unless somebody's a robber, a thief, people are careful with Gezel. And also, the Gemara over there says that the Sar of Esav, this minister of Esav, appeared to him. Uh, how did it appear to him? And there's a Machloikis. Some say that the Sar of Esav appeared to Yaakov as a Talmud Chacham, as a big Rosh Hashiva. And others say that he appeared to him as a idolater, as somebody, uh, as somebody very lowly. He appeared to, to Yaakov. So what's going on? What's going on over there? So Rav Tversky explains as follows: He says the Eight Sahara has two main tactics when he's trying to get a person to stop serving Hashem. A person's working on his avodas Hashem. A person's trying to be a better Jew, and the Eight Sahara is trying to convince him not to. So he has two tactics that he approaches a person with, right? Depending on what the person's up to at that time and what the person he feels the person will be vulnerable to, he attacks them in one ways, in, in different ways. The first way is he comes to a person and he says, "He says, look, you've been you've been davening, you've been learning, you've been doing so well. Look around you. You're better than everybody else around you. You're doing your davening better than everybody around you. You're learning more than them. You're 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 head and shoulders above all the pe- people about, uh, around you. You do more chesed than them, right? And therefore, uh, you, you should be satisfied with what you have. Like, why do you have to be so ambitious that you even want to grow more in your avodas Hashem? Look around you. You're doing better. Why do you want to even try to be greater? You're already like the best guy in your chevra, right? That's 
that's that's approach number one that he gets us again and this and everybody's attacked in these ways all the time depending on the situation depending on a person's mood depending on what's going on in his life what's the other way the alternative way that he comes he comes to a person he says look around you who do you think you are right the people around you are so much better they're so much better than you right they're, they're, they're so much uh, better than you you're like a Russia compared to them you're an Amaritz compared to them and therefore even if you try so hard so what are you going to do you're going to look at the guy next to you has been davening so well for 20 years you're going to start davening now all of a sudden what, what are you going to accomplish you're not going to you're not going to get anywhere near his level right and therefore it's not worth putting all this effort in because even if you even if you're successful in your Abayda Hashem you're going to fall so short of the guy next who sits next to you in shul or your friend you're, you're going to learn a daf Yomishir this guy is learning you know six hours a day ten hours a day what, what, what's your one hour of learning going to accomplish you're never going to reach his level anyway so those are the two tactics the Yitzhahara comes at us with now, how are we supposed to respond to the Yitzhar? In either tactic that he comes with us, how are we supposed to answer him? We're supposed to answer him the same way. We're supposed to answer, it's, our, our answer is the same. Our answer is, to the Yitzhar is, it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. I'm, my Avodah Hashem is not judged by somebody else, right? Every person is put in this world by Hashem for a specific mission in this world, right? And I'm, and, and I'm not going to be compared to anybody else. It doesn't matter. The guy next to me who learns more than me, he has different capabilities than I have. It's, I'm not going to be judged again that, that, uh, by that. Like the famous story with Reb Zusha, the Rebbe Reb Zusha used to, where they would say to him, he would say that after 120, they're not going to ask me why I wasn't like this Rebbe or why I wasn't like that Rosh Hashiva, but they're going to ask me why I wasn't the Zusha that I could have been, why I didn't live up to my own potential. And that's the only way we're judged. We're judged by our own potential. Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses. Comparing ourselves to the other person, either the, the, the other person is not as good as me and therefore I've accomplished more, is irrelevant because I'm not judged by his. Maybe his potential is much lower than me. And if I'm not living up to the potential of somebody else, that's also not relevant because maybe my friend who sits next to me has much more ability. He has a much better, sharper mind than me. He has a much better ability to learn. I'm not being judged by any Anybody next to me, whether for the good or the bad, it makes no difference. And therefore, it has to make no difference to us whether the guy next to me is doing better than me or worse than me. It has no it has no relevance to my to my situation. The only thing I have to judge myself by is: Am I doing the, Am I doing my best? Am I doing my best with everything that Hashem gave me, with my Yetzirahs, with my abilities, with my capabilities? Am I doing the best that I can be doing? And if the answer is no, then I have to work harder. That's the only thing I have to I have to focus on. And so, what the Yetzirah is coming to me, telling me, "Oh, you're better than everybody else, or you're worse than everybody else." is irrelevant. It has no impact. There's no bearing on, on my state of mind. And that's what, says, says Rav Tversky, it, it's the Pasuk is telling us, Vayivasa Yaakov Levada. Yaakov w- w- remained alone. Uh, Yaakov's Avodah Hashem was only, he only ever compared himself against his own worth, his own, his own talents, his own pe- uh, capabilities. He did not pay attention to anybody else. He didn't compare himself to Esau. He didn't compare himself to his father Yitzchak. He didn't compare himself to, every, to anyone else. So now, when the Vayavik Ish Imai, so the Sar of Esau attacks him, that he comes to, he wants to break this, right? Yaakov Inu is very well set on his on his path in Abayda Hashem. He's not comparing himself to anybody else. So the Gemara tells us, some say that he came to him as a Talmud Chacham, right? He came to him as a Talmud Chacham. 
as me as if I'm so much better than you. You think you're going to reach my level? The Satan appears. The Yitzhar appears to Yaakov, and he says, "Look at look at what I am. I'm appearing to you as a Talmud who's well beyond you. You'll never reach my level, right? What what are you trying so hard? You're never going to reach my level because you, you never you're never going you're never going to be as great as I am." And others say he came to him as a, as an idolater to say, "Look, you're so much better than than me. What do you need to keep trying for? You've already surpassed most people in the world. What what do you have to work anymore?" And he explains that what the Yitzhar is trying to do to us, to get us to measure our Avoidas Hashem by other people, that is called Gezel. That is called stealing, right? Because Avoidas Hashem, that is built on other people's talents, other people's uh, abilities, that and not on your own, that's called you're stealing from somebody else. You're, you, you're stealing his talents to judge yourself. That's not relevant to you. Looking to other people, what is Gezel? It means I'm taking something. What is stealing? It means I'm taking something that's not mine. Here too, you're taking somebody else's standards that are not yours, and you're judging yourself by them. And that's what the Gemara means when it tells us that Yaakov went back for the Pachem Ketanim, for the small jugs, because Sadiqim ain't pushed in Yudayim Begezel, they don't reach their hands out in Gezel. That means that Sadiqim, not regular stealing, of course Sadiqim don't take from other people, neither do most regular people, but Sadiqim, they don't judge their Avoidus Hashem by comparing themselves to others. They avoid this type of Gezel. They, they, they avoid this type of Gezel. That's how they became Sadiqim. You want to know how you become a, tz- a Tzaddik? You want to be a Tzaddik like Yaakov, who is not pushed not like Yaakov, in his abilities, but like Yaakov in his attitude, is you don't look at other people. Yaakov, uh, Yaakov goes back because he doesn't want to, uh, uh, to, uh, to judge himself by anybody else, which would be Gezel on the level of Tzadikim. And that's ultimately how Yaakov defeats the Sar Shalesov. He says, I'm not interested. I'm Yaakov Avinu. I will live up to my, po- my potential. I'm not interested in what anybody else's potential looks like. I don't care if you're a bigger Tamachachim than me. I don't care if you're an Avodah Zarah. It makes no difference to me. I'm going to do the best that I can in serving Hashem. And this, now coming back to our Parsha, this is the Gezel that Rashi says sealed their fate. This is the Gezel that sealed their fate. They lived their entire lives based on what's by somebody else. The Dar HaMabal was very busy with what other people have, what other people are accomplishing, what other people do. And because of that, says Rashi, that led to all the other Averas. This was what was underlying all the Averas they did. Yes, they did much worse Averas than stealing. But it was this attitude of Gezel, of judging what everybody else has and looking at the neighbors, looking about everybody else, that that's what led them to everything that they that they did wrong. That's why the Gzardin, the, the decree against them, was was set because of Gezel. That's Rashi's line in in that it was all because of Gezel. Because no matter even even the much worse Averas, that came from Gezel. Which, if we were to phrase that differently, means that they were not sticking to their own species. The people were looking at what somebody down the block does, which is not his species. When it comes to your potential, your potential and somebody else's potential, your talents versus somebody else's talents, is is interbreeding between species. You're mixing species. You're not the same species as the guy next door to you. And when that attitude permeated the world, it affected even the behemoths, chayas, and rivers. We asked, well, what did the human beings do to affect that the animals were were crossbreeding? This is what they did. They created this culture in the world of you're always looking to somebody else. What does somebody else have? So now all of a sudden, the cow is looking at the giraffe, and, and the lion is looking at the bear. It's not it, They change the way the world is. You're not supposed to look outside of what of, of what your responsibility and what your tafkid, what your goal and, and, and mission in this world is. And therefore we ask, why does Rashi say that they, they were specifically punished with the Mabal? What's the Midah Kenegad Midah of the Mabal? Rashi explained, the Mabal confuses everything. The Mabal mixes everything up. It's Midah Kenegad Midah. They were mixing up their Avodah Hashem with other people. Hashem says, I'm going to mix up the whole world and start fresh. 
And now we go back to our first two questions, the double lashon of Noach and why Rashi gives us a shvach and a gnai. The double lashon of Noach, Elah told us Noach, Noach is tzaddik. Noach didn't look at anybody. He only looked at himself. His entire Avodah Hashem was based on his own potential, his own abilities, his own unique uh, position in life. And that's why the Pesach says, Elah told us Noach. We know that the, 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 the Chazal tell us that told us of a person, a told us of a person, the offspring of a person are really his Torah and his Maisim Toivim. That all of Noach's Maisim Toivim, all of his Chesed, all of his Torah, whatever he did, was only based on one thing, and that was Noach. He didn't care about anyone else. So Ela told us Noach. When Noach was thinking about what does my Avodah Hashem require? Noach. We, repeat, we say the word Noach. I only look at what is Noach's potential. Noach didn't look at what the guy next door or down the block or around the corner's p- potential was. He only looked. Ela told us Noach. Noach wakes up in the morning. What am I? What does Hashem want from me today? Noach. He wants the best Noach I can be. And that's why Rashi gives us the pshat that some say that Noach would have been a bigger tzaddik in Avram's generation. Some say he would have been nothing. Who's the sum? The, it's, it's the Yitzhahari. It's the internal fight that Noach is having, right? The first one, Yesh Darshim Lashvach, that he, it was a praise. The Yitzhahari comes to Noach and he says, listen, you're, you, you're such a big tzaddik. If you lived in the generation of Avram, you would even be a bigger tzaddik. So enough. You don't even have to try anymore. You've done so well in this generation. Look around you. You're so much better than everybody else. It's a shvach. The Yitzhahari comes with him. That, that was the first way we the Yitzhar attacks. He praises you. He says, you're so much better than everybody else around you. And then Rashi says, that didn't work on Nech, so the Yitzhar comes, V'yesh darshim lignai. He tells him, you're a lowlife, right? He comes to him, he says, if you were, oh, Yo, you think you're so special, you're only so special because look at who you live around. But if you were by Avram Avinu, compare yourself to Avram Avinu, you'd be nothing. You'd be nothing. So what are you trying so hard? You'll never reach the level of, of Avram Avinu. Rashi explained the two ways that the Yitzhar attacks every one of us and how he attacked how he attacked Noach. But Noach didn't listen to him. He didn't care, right? He stayed Noach. It didn't matter to him what Av- that Avram was going to be greater, that people around him were worse. That had no effect on him. He was always Ela told us Noach. How do I decide what my actions are going to be? Noach. I look at my own uh, uh, my own situation, my own potential, and that's the only way I judge my avodas Hashem. And uh, Rav Tversky very often ends off with the Hirotzen, so I'll just read the Hirotzen. Hirotzen should in this chus of serving Hashem, in this way of Yaakov being alone, that each and every one of us has to constantly look at what our own strengths are, what our own potential is. And if we do that, we will merit reference to Mashiach, that Hashem also is alone. I wish you all a wonderful, beautiful Shabbos.